Welcome back, Hemming Brainiacs. We're talking about old Dickie Crawshaw. Old Dickie Crawshaw, hey? Um, no discussion prompts. I forgot to write one. Whoops, my bad. Uh, and that was also, by the way, just part one of old Dickie Crawshaw. Richard Crawshaw, says Swim, was Roman Catholic in sensibility and ultimately in allegiance. His poetry is a single major body of work in English that can be called Baroque, a high ornate style, highly ornate style, sorry, of prose or poetry. His father was a stern Puritan who hated the Church of Rome as much as he did worldly pleasures. His son was to share the latter of his prejudices, but not the former. I hate worldly pleasures. <laughs> I hate it. I hate good things. God damn it. Uh, at university, Crawshaw found himself in the matrix of an extraordinary number of periods. Best poets, John Donne, George Herbert, Andrew Marvel, Sir John Suckling, Abraham Cowley, and John Milton, to name some of the most important. Few, few uh, familiar names there. His own... College was high church, a tradition within the Anglican Church, emphasizing ritual, priestly authority, and blah, 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 Christian stuff. In fact, the religious atmosphere of his college was scarcely distinguishable from Roman Catholicism. By 1639, he was an ordained preacher. The Civil War, however, changed his life, and Cromwell seized Cambridge uh, in 1643 and efficiently rooted out all traces of popery. Crawshaw did not wait to be ejected from his fellowship by the Puritans, but left at the beginning of the occupation and spent the rest of his life in exile. His years in exile were dogged by dogged by poverty, ill health, and neglect by his patrons. Crawshaw became a Roman Catholic in 1645. His Baroque poetry, exemplified in The Weeper, thrives on paradox, imagery flamboyant to the point of grotesque. Stock, religious symbols, and concern with martyrdom and mysticism. All right. Very good. Um, well, let's read some poetry about, hey, don't have any worldly pleasures. Like old Richie's dad. This one's called A Hymn to the Name and Honour of the Admiral St. Teresa. Love. Thou art absolute soul, Lord of life and death, to prove the word, will now appeal to none at all, those thy old soldiers great and tall, ripe men of martyrdom, that could reach down with strong arms their triumphant crown, such as could with lusty breath speak loud unto the face of death, their great Lord's glorious name to none, of those whose spacious bosoms spread a throne, for love at large to fill, spare, blood and sweat, we will make we will see him take a private seat and make his mansion in the mild and milky soul of a soft child scarce has she learned to lisp a name of martyr yet she thinks it a shame life should so long play with that breath which spent can buy so brave a death she never undertook to know what death with love should have to do, nor has she ever yet understood why, to show love, she should shed blood, yet, though, she cannot tell you why. She can love and she can die, scarce has she blood enough to make a guilty sword blush for her sake, yet has a heart dares hope to prove how much less strong is death than love, since it is not to be 
had at home, she'll travel for martyrdom. No home for her, confesses she, but where she may a martyr be, she'll to the moon, sorry, she'll to the moor, sorry, she will to the moors and trade with them for this unvalued diadem. She offers them her dearest breath with Christ's name in it in change for death. She'll bargain with them and will give them God and teach them how to live. In him, or if they this deny, for him she'll teach them how to die. So shall she leave amongst them sown her Lord's blood, or at least her own. Farewell then, all the world, adieu. Teresa is no more for you. Farewell all pleasures, sports and joys. Never till now esteemed toys. Farewell, whatever dear may be, mother's arms or father's knee, where farewell, farewell house and farewell home. She's for the moors and martyrdom. Sweet, not so fast, lo, thy fair spouse, whom thou seekest with so swift vows, calls thee back and bids thee come to embrace a milder martyrdom. Pausing for one second to have a drink, because I am parched. Oh, how oft shall thou complain of a sweet and subtle pain, of intolerable joys, of a death in which who dies, love his death and dies again, and would forever so be slain, and lives and dies and knows not why, to live but thee that he still may die. How kindly will thy gentle heart kiss the sweetly killing dart, and close in his embraces keep those delicious wounds that weep, balsam to heal themselves with thus, when though these thy deaths so numerous, shall all at once die into one and melt thy soul's sweet manachian. Like a soft lump of incense, hasted by too hot a fire and wasted into perfuming clouds so fast, Shalt thou exhale to heaven at last, in a resolving sigh, and then, O what, ask not the tongues of men, angels cannot tell, suffice thyself, shalt feel thine own full joys, and hold them fast for ever there, so soon as thou shalt first appear, the moon of maiden stars, thy white mistress attended by such bright souls as thy shining self shall come, and in her first ranks make thee room, where amongst her snowy family immortals welcomes wait for thee, O oh, what delight, when she shall stand and teach thy lips heaven with her hand, on which thou now mayest to thy wishes heap up thy consecrated kisses. What joy shall seize thy soul when she, bending her blessed eyes on thee, those second smiles of heaven shall dart? Her mild rays... Through thy melting heart. Angels, thy old friends, there shall greet thee, Glad at their own home, now they to meet thee. All thy good works, which went before, And waited for thee at the door, Shall own thee there, all and all in one, Weave a constellation of crowns, With which the king thy spouse Shall build up thy triumphant brows. All thy old woes shall now smile on thee, And thy pains sit bright upon thee, all thy sorrows here shall shine, and thy sufferings be divine. 
tears shall take comfort and turn gems, and wrongs repent to diadems. Even thy death shall live and new dress the soul which late they slew thy wounds, shall blush to such bright scars as keep account of the lamb's wars. Those are rare works where thou shalt leave writ, love's noble history with wit, taught thee by none but him, while here they feed our souls, shall clothe thine there, each heavenly word by whose hid flame our heart, hard hearts shall strike fire, the same shall flourish on thy brows, and be both fire to us and a flame to thee, whose light shall live bright in thy face, by glory in our hearts, by grace thou shalt look round about and see thou thousands of crowned souls throng to be themselves thy crowned sons of thy vows, the virgin birth with which they spouse. Made fruitful thy fair soul, go now, and with them all about thee bow to him. Put on, he'll say, put on, my rosy love, that thy riches own, sparkling with the sacred flames of thousand souls whose happy names heaven keeps upon thy score, thy bright life brought them first to kiss the light that kindled them to stars, and so thou with the Lamb, thy Lord, shalt go, and whosoever he sets his white steps walk with him those ways of light, which who in death would live to see, must learn in life to die like thee. Oh, that was a bit of a beast of a poem. We'll just go one more, because the next one's quite short. It's called Upon the Book and Picture of the Seraphical Saint Teresa. O oh, thou undaunted daughter of desires, by all thy dower of lights and fires, by all the eagle in thee, all the dove, by all thy lives and deaths of love, by the large droughts of intellectual day, and by the thirsts of love more large than they, by all thy brim-filled bowls of fierce desire, by the last morning's drought of liquid fire, by the full kingdom of that final kiss that seized thy parting soul and sealed thee his, by all the heaven thou, shalt, thou hast in him, fair sister of the seraphim, by all of him, we have in thee, leave nothing of myself in me. Let me so read thy life that I, unto all life of mine, may die. Such a beautiful poem. And I kind of feel like some beautiful poems are a bit wasted on me when they're just about Jesus. And it's like, I don't know. I wish it was about something else because it's such a beautiful way to describe love and devotion, but I just don't uh, resonate with it, I suppose. <clears throat> anyway, I'm going to keep drinking this water because I am parched tonight. I don't know what's going on. I feel like I could drink a whole litre. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.